Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. That's Stephen Drippy Crothy, for the record. And I'm Paul's Burkhart buddy. We have quite the episode lined up today because we have a guest. Like, when we started this, and I was like, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, you know, we'll get our feel for it, and then we'll start rolling in guests. And then, you know, I got into that whole mode where I was like, I don't want to have guests. I don't, I don't want to schedule and bother people. But we're trying to do guests this week, and our guest this week has had the concept for this episode for what feels like over a year. And uh, this guy is from one of my very favorite video game podcasts. In fact, the very first video game podcast podcast I ever started listening to with any regularity. Is regularity a word, Steve? Yes, absolutely. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, it is a podcast that is built around a very scientific and well-thought-out formula where they rank the top 47,858 games and, most importantly, ask the question, does each game contain Dogs Bauer or a Dogs Bauer-esque <laughs> character? It's our buddy Robbo. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, you've been on the show. You, sh- you could have said that too. I have. Hi. I have been on the show uh, a couple times now for Star yeah. Wars games. We should call you back for a non-Star Wars game and acknowledge that you do other things. There are other parts <laughs> of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. I, I anytime I get to talk about Star Wars, I'm down. But yeah, if you guys have any other games, or if you want to have Steve to talk about a Souls game, have him drop nuts on some Souls knowledge. Woof. <laughs> He we might that too. we might just drive him crazy because I'm <laughs> on all the Souls episodes and I'm kind of like I'm like kind of neither here nor there on them. It's like most people have like a really strong reaction one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a, hey, why won't that guy stop hitting me? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it, so and it, I, it tends to drive some listener, a certain kind of listener a little bit crazy. But, uh, hey, you know, someone's got to be there. Uh you know, I have the, uh... I have the funniest Steve and Robbo, but not interacting with each other story that I want to just <laughs> interact real quick before we get to the subject of today's episode. So, um, you know, uh, Robbo has been on 
several episodes of my uh, Star Wars podcast that I do with my buddy Will Blue Harvest. And um, sort of famously slash infamously, I had him scheduled for a reaction to an episode of The Mandalorian in season two that just so happened, unbeknownst to any of us, to be the episode that they reintroduced Boba Fett, my favorite character. And so, you know, I stayed up late, I watched it, and then right as I was getting all snuggled up in bed, I got a message from Robbo that was like, hey man, I think I shouldn't come on this week. I don't want to be a downer. And I was like, hey man, I appreciate, you know, like I totally get it, but if you want to come, come on. And then later in the day, he was like, you know what? I rewatched it. I, I like it a lot better than I did initially. So I, I'm still down to come on if you want me to. And then so Robbo came on. We had a good time talking about it. A couple days later, the episode gets posted. Steve's listening to it. And early, very early, before Steve realizes that Robbo had a change of opinion, Robbo drops the incredible, spicy, hot take of, I thought this episode was dog shit. And Steve <laughs> sends me a message, and he's like, yo, did he just say this was dog shit? And I was like, Babe, stay, stay the course. He, you know, this is just the first part of it. And like I, every time I see that episode, like besides, you know, the internal hype of Boba Fett coming back, that's one of the first things I think about. And I love that fucking story so much. I, I was talking to Steve. I was like, Robbo's a man of hot takes, man. You just got to stay the course. That's kind of part of the problem. When you become like an Internet person. Right. You like the Internet changes you because it's all about getting that attention, you know. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> right. For better or worse. And. Yeah, so like you, you develop this like podcasting thing where you just you announce opinions in a way like if it's a setup to a joke. Like I, obviously, like what you're you're telling the story. Like I would not have gone on that episode to bum haws out, right? If I truly <laughs> didn't like it, because that's like that would be like taking the like the coolest thing that's happened to him as a Star Wars fan, and right? Exactly, ruining yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, so, but yeah. see, I knew that right. Like having been there for the recording, so I had to tell <laughs> Steve like just. Wait it out. It turns around. Um, so, guys, the subject of today's episode uh, is something I have nostalgia for because I sort of grew up in the area era where they were the most popular. But with like a lot of things that you may have nostalgia for, they're not great. And that is LCD games. <laughs> right? Uh, I think most popularly manufactured by a company called tiger electronics i think they were the most prolific manufacturer of lcd portable games certainly when you and i were kids yeah like, for you sure. and i were in the demographic mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we probably got to do a little bit more explanation i although i have noticed that they've been uh stocking them in stores again yeah now hold on before we jump into that there's one piece of business steve and i have not taken care of in a little bit and i'm so oh, sure. interested to get your input on it because due to the nature of your podcast like sometimes you got some wild shit on deck so i'm going to ask <laughs> you both steve you kick it off then we'll go to robbo what you guys been playing lately oh um so uh i just got back from new orleans and took my steam deck with me and played a good bit of final fantasy 6 on that trip mm -hmm. uh, a couple hours you know you, you bought it for me that was a nice little gift it's a homework game baby yeah it's nice to get back into that world. It's been a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, love the music. Um, got like four people in my party so far. Things are humming right along. Yep. And you're playing the Pixel Remaster, right? So the most yeah. recently Ooh. version of that. Now, let me ask you, 
when those games came out, right, there was a lot of internet chatter about people hating the font. Has the font bothered you once, Steve? No, it hasn't. Me neither. I I didn't get it, but I didn't want to seem like the idiot who's like, oh, you're not a real Final Fantasy fan. You didn't shit on the font of the Pixel remaster. <laughs> I mean, with that said, it's nice and easy to read on the Steam Deck. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I'm also, yeah, I'm, when I'm playing it, I'm playing it on my Steam Deck as well. I'm not playing it on my monitor or my TV. Maybe it's worse if you, you know, play it on a bigger screen. Um, mm hmm I've also been doing, um, sticking with my Ghost of Tsushima replay, mm -hmm. enjoying that a lot, and um, Street Fighter with y'all. That's, nice. that's what I've been playing. What about you, Robbo? Uh, pretty much just Vampire Survivors and stuff I'm doing from the show. Yeah. The show. Vampire, yeah. We that game is uh, incredible. That game is great. Yeah, I, I kind of love it. I don't want to say too much about it because I think – Pause hasn't played it yet. Well, now, yeah. I, having not played it, I have watched our buddy Jeff stream it because, like, mm. I've discovered with this whole setup I've got now that I can be streaming a game and interacting with chat and playing my own game and on another monitor, watching Jeff stream Vampire Survivors just to me and Discord, it's this... Like it's this weird lawnmower man thing, man. Like yeah, that sounds like an in, some kind of infinity loop. It's like <laughs> yeah, but so I understand the concept and I've watched it. It looks cool. I just haven't like I have a couple of games on the list I'm trying to knock out um, as part of you know upcoming episodes and my my gaming New Year's resolutions, but. It will happen. It's it's going to happen sooner yeah. rather than later. It's it's not like I, I don't want to talk it up too much, but like I guess that's what I mean. Because if you get people expecting the moon and stars, right? Like, right. Well, then it's going to disappoint you no matter what. But also because it's such an ugly ass game, like it's so <laughs> but simple. Because it the point of the game is to put as much stuff on the screen as possible, and it also doesn't really have any slowdown, which right. is kind of an achievement. So, you know, but because of that, like it's, it's, there's really not any, like some things are kind of animated, but really it's, they're just like kind of flat sprite mm -hmm. sheets or something that get kind of pulsate a little mm -hmm. bit as they move towards you. But it's, it's, um, it's just a, it's one of my favorite things, which is a game that is, uh, does everything wrong seemingly on purpose and yet is somehow more fun because of it. That's my, <laughs> that's my favorite kind of surprise. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this every single person I know who's even given it a second right Steve his wife Cindy Jeff Randy you every single person I know that's played it loves it you know what I mean it's one of those games where you know like with any of these right like I heard a whole lot of shit talked about Slay the Spire for the longest time right Mm -hmm. And that's one of those games I could see, you know, you recommended it to a certain person and they're like, ah, I don't really dig it. I ended up digging it. But this is across the board. Everybody I know that's tried Vampire Survivors digs it. So I think that's pretty impressive. It just it feels so stupid at first. That's the thing about it is mm -hmm. as you're playing it. It's like this is the dumbest idea for a game. This is the laziest idea for a game ever. Uh, and, and then, but you, you kind of enjoy it. You like, you want to get that, oh, I'll just, you know, it's like the one more quarter kind of effect. Mm -hmm. It really works. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you figure out you can combine weapons and then you kind of go from there. Yeah. Oh, then it unlocks like this weird, like arcane card system. And then it mm -hmm. unlocks, yeah, it's just like, 
yet, yet the goal of most stages and game modes is basically unchanged. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I really enjoy, it happens every year, it seems like, there's some weird indie game that just takes social media by storm like clearly this year slash last year it was vampire survivors right and like yeah, yeah. It, it's never something like that you know was coming up right like i had never heard of vampire survivors before it hit <laughs> and then i started seeing the sort of groundswell then it got added to game pass and every one of my friends started playing it you know yeah, it's on that game pass. <laughs> yep. So I've been playing um, Final Fantasy VI as well. I've been playing Final Fantasy XV as well. That's a weird juxtaposition between <laughs> those two games. Um, and just dicking around in way too many fighting games. Steve was gone this weekend, and it was just Jeff and I hanging out. So we tried out Skullgirls for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I said. So it's, I mean, it's a real weird scene, but... Uh. It is. It is, indeed. It's definitely got its own vibe and its own art style, which I do like. Yeah. Um, and famously had some bumps in the road, uh, you know, like, related to some of the people that were involved with it for a while. He's no longer involved. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was fun. Now, is it my personal jam as far as fighting games are concerned is it going to be one i want to go back to every weekend with my fighting game buddies probably not but having it in the mix was fun i guess for like diehard fighting game people mm -hmm. who are really into that kind of thing i think not universally but i think many of them like it and part of that just may be because the game i think gets patched frequently or at least it used to it still does buddy I, yeah. So this is an older game. It came like in 2008 or something originally, maybe later mm. than that. And the version I got on Steam like has characters that haven't been released yet. It's, it's impressive the support that game gets. I also mm -hmm. wonder if part of the appeal of it is its, its core like gameplay loop is very similar to the Marvel versus Capcom games. Like the oh, yeah. three characters, you can swap them in and out. And you know, like... Since Marvel vs. Capcom 3, like, the one after that wasn't very well received or regarded. So I wonder if it's kind of sliding in and filling that, you know, gap for people that really like those team-based yeah, fighting games. Be. Yeah, <clears throat> All right, guys. So that's what we've been playing. I can't wait to see, like, I'll know uh, probably in, like, two or three months what Robbo had cooking uh, while we were recording this episode. Because... Um, <laughs> And I got to say, like, uh, you know, uh, I'm not joking when I say how much I enjoy you guys' podcast because sometimes I have to say this. It is the most cranky, bristly people talking about a game. But it's not like I'm listening to it and I'm like, these people are dicks. It's like entertainingly <laughs> bristly, right? Like, <laughs> like, for instance, in the pantheon of Final Fantasy games that I've played, one that I have never been able to get more than a few hours into is Final Fantasy II, the actual <laughs> Final Fantasy II. Right. And there is an episode talking about Final Fantasy II where a member of the cast, Word on the Wind, she mm -hmm. is vehemently defending this game against people who do not like it. She's the only one that likes it, and she is putting up a very good argument for sure. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad argument, but it's so mm -hmm. fascinating like the mix of personalities and who comes in and yeah. out of the show. You guys do a really good job with that. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, shout out to Word. She's uh, she's one of the best things about her is that uh, she never takes my shit. No, not once, <laughs> not a single damn time. And and when the last time I was on there was pretty shortly after Steve and I started High Potion, and she was like, "Hey, if you ever want, you know, me on as a guest," so I was like, "We're definitely going to do that. I just need to get around to figuring out the game. Right. Maybe maybe I'll make Steve play Final Fantasy two with me." And we'll do a, yeah. we'll do a, it'll be like a, a a sister sequel to that episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, Robbo and I have been talking over the last few days, you know, preparing for this episode, and we've talked about this topic before, you know, when when the concept originally came up, and he dropped something on me today that slightly blew my mind, right? And that is the technology behind these LCD games. Now, for younger listeners or, or anybody that may have just forgotten about these, these were popular, most popular, I feel like, in your 8-bit NES era, right? Um, and sort of became kind of a de facto cheaper option for handheld gaming if, you know, you were a family that didn't have a Game Boy or, you know, whatever the... Uh, a Lynx, Steve, shout out, or, or a Game Gear, whatever it may be, right? And I've been trying to think of how to describe these to people, and the only way I can say is it, it looks like a calculator. Like the way old-school black-and-white calculators displayed the numbers, that's what an LCD game looks like, right? Yeah, or like a, I think maybe slightly younger people might remember like Tamagotchis. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Yes, Tamagotchi. Kind of back, mm -hmm. go, go, come back and go out and come back again. They kind of mm -hmm. fluctuate in popularity, I think. And it's kind of like that, except imagine because that one you can really clearly see like like LCD pixels, right? And the images are made up of those little dots. Well, right. That's not how these games worked. It was more like just how like a calculator has the number, you know, the digits, all those, you know, the lines all in there. Uh, it's it's all in there in advance, right? It's all mm -hmm. printed on there before. Mm -hmm. That's the way these things worked. And so they have not really pixelated graphics because there are no pixels. Mm -hmm. They'd be really smooth, like line drawings, but very, very limited animation because no animated thing could overlap too much with another thing without, right. Right. they couldn't occupy the same space at the same time. Yeah, and, and like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys remember, when you would go to the store and see these, on the screen, it would have, like, a clear decal with all the different images contained in that game on the front of the screen so you could see all the different animations or enemies and stuff. Um, and these things are fucking hard, man. I don't know when the last time you guys played an LCD game, but they're hard. It part, partially because the controls suck and, and how the presentation is. But right. I don't know if there is technically beating an LCD game. If there is, I've never done it. It's harder than a Souls game. Pretty sure you're just shooting for high scores. Yeah, it's it's all score-based, yeah. Based. Yeah. yeah. Weren't, didn't watches have games kind of like this yeah. at some yeah. point, too? Yeah, well, so... In the realm of really good versions of these, you, of course, had the Nintendo Game & Watches, right? That started in, like, the early 80s, like, maybe even 1980. And yeah, I had a couple of those as a kid. They were the later ones. I had, like, Donkey Kong Jr. and Mario's Cement Factory or some shit. Like, 
And those games, they're good. Like, they're the best right. example of this type of game. Good, good also, might be, you know. Yeah, they're also the first example, I think. Yeah, as far as I know, like, even before the Famicom, right? Like, they mm-hmm. were making Game & Watches. Yeah, like the, the D-pad on whatever controller you're using right now mm-hmm. to play games, unless it's a joystick, the D-pad is based on the the cross button from these uh, Game & Watch games, these early these early Nintendo products. They aren't the first games Nintendo made, but they're the first uh, uh, portable games. Right. And you're right. Like, you know, I think for a lot of people, and me included sometimes, when I think about the D-pad and, like, the first instant instance of that, I think either the Famicom or the NES. But, no, the D-pad on the Game & Watch predates those all by a right. couple of years. And they patented that D-pad on the Game & Watch, which is why no competing game system up until quite recently could put out a controller that had the same exact design. There right. was always something kind of messed up about it. <laughs> yep, like it, that, that's why like when you saw like the the Genesis, right? It had the circle around mm-hmm. it and that's how it you like it was based on like one ball pivot sort of thing. Like yeah, yeah, they had to come up with some slight differences so they didn't get those Nintendo lawyers after them. Um oh, yeah. Now, Steve buddy, you did you fuck with these at all as a kid? <laughs> Not not particularly. I mean, I definitely played them. Mm-hmm. Like I've known, I had friends who had them, and mm-hmm. I would I would mess around with them. But honestly, they couldn't hold my attention for more than a couple of minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I mean, of course, in the era of Game Boys and Lynxes and stuff, that was what I wanted rather than, than yeah. these things. Now, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Now this, and I don't know if this is the same for anybody else, but the way the way they got their hooks in me. Uh, LCD games as a kid, and I I looked through like a, a list that Robbo sent me, trying to see how many I had. I had four total besides the two Game and Watches. So four of the, a couple were Tiger Electronics. I think the other two might have been Konami, um, but it was licenses because like they were the Funko Pop of their time, where they had everything, buddy. You'd go into a Kmart and you would see. Double Dragon or Ninja I was Gaiden, which I literally gonna say I played the Double Dragon one. Yeah, I, I remember that one. The Double <laughs> yeah. Dragon one to me is the one I first remember. I remember kids showing up to school with the Double Dragon LCD game, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I gotta get one of those. Was that the one that had like we like a two player thing, or am I thinking of Bo Jackson? You're thinking of Bo Jackson now. So many of these, they did, and another thing that I've, I'm well established as being a fan of is sequels. And boy, did they do sequels, right? So I had Double Dragon and Double Dragon Two. I was like, oh fuck! Even though I played the first one, and it's not like I was like, man, I can't wait to get home and play my <laughs> Double Dragon LCD game. Better take some batteries yeah. out of the remote. Yeah. So like my, what I remember about them is I think that this is the kind of thing that my mom was, we, we used to go on a lot of car trips for vacation. Mm-hmm. We did, yep. you know, so we had quite a few kids and in those days flying was still like more expensive than it is now. I think relatively speaking. Right. And so, you know, with that many kids, you can't just like put them all on a plane. Plus like mm-hmm. also you'd have yep. that many kids on a plane, which is not fun. Um, so we drove a lot and she would always, she was really good about, uh, before we'd go, she'd buy like some of those like travel games, like, 
we had a travel Yahtzee somehow. Oh yeah, the nice. the held the the dice were yeah. held in like a plastic container, so you couldn't lose them. Right, you had yep. to rub them against your hand instead of rolling them. It's mm -hmm. weird. Uh, you know, like or sometimes she would get like uh, like various trading cards and like distribute them every couple hours, so we'd have something to look at and things like. That. And one of the things she would. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly is that she would sometimes like get uh, us all like one of these mm -hmm. things. And the idea being like, you can play and then swap them. And, um, and it was like, you know, we didn't have a game boy. It was like, we, I probably could have gotten one if I had wanted to push it, but like I knew better than to ask for, I had to kind of pick my battles, you know? Yeah. Sure. Kind of, sure. Uh, I need, the, I need, I need to work for something bigger here. I'm not going to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. spend it all on game boy. Because then next Christmas, like, I just got you that Game Boy, yeah. and you barely play it, or whatever. <laughs> whatever the issue is. So, uh, so, yeah, and it was the licenses. I think I've heard that uh, basically they would just, like, call Hollywood Studios and things like that and just, like, ask, like, hey, what, do you, what have you got on deck? Like, what can we do? And I think part of the reason they were able to do it is because – they were self-contained platforms. And so licensing agreements with like, for example, oh. if you licensed it with Nintendo, right. Um, you probably, you, you normally, if like you put out the way that their licenses used to work is if you, if you publish with Nintendo on the NES, mm -hmm. then you weren't allowed to publish the same game on another platform. So yeah. you couldn't do it. Genesis. That and was actually why, a huge yeah. lawsuit, like court battle over that at one point. And that's when you get into the weird unlicensed Nintendo games, like the sex games and the Bible games. Yeah. So because of that, I think that the but licenses are like a they're weird things. It's it's a license to do a very particular thing. Mm -hmm. And there could be conditions, but I don't think that these L C D games really they must have been able to argue that this was not of and breach that license because they got everybody. Yep. Um, and they could probably get it for pretty cheap because it's like, it doesn't compete with any other products on the market. Really. It's just a thing. No one's going to confuse like the home alone LCD game with the terrible NES game. Right. Right. You know, like, so it, it works uh, for that purpose. And they did so many of these. I had, um, I had one based on the movie hook, which I remember as being very Ooh. similar to the double dragon one, which mm -hmm. I think I also had. I feel like if you wanted to, you could create like a taxonomy of these games, like what style gameplay they had. Cause there's like certain ones they were like, these are the brawlers, like all the fighting games mm -hmm. and beat em ups and stuff were like this, like these and they're hilarious to look at because like, for example, in mortal Kombat, because the, the, the arms Goro's got four arms and they want to put Goro in there. And, but they can't like, they have to allow him to punch and to do that. Like he has to like, you know, they get really good poses on these things because mm -hmm. they better be good. That's all, all you're getting. Um, so to animate that, they couldn't have anything obscuring his chest. So Goro has just this, like, flat, like, like pristine plastic surface. No nipples, no ass, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's, just this, it's just this blob. Uh -huh. um, and those games are, like, there's so many games I played like that. And I don't know whether I ever... I guess I always thought of them as the diversions they were meant to be. Mm -hmm. I never felt like this is something I'm, I can do while I'm, you know, killing time. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of how I remember them. And I knew that Game Boy stuff was better, but like, sure. I just didn't see them as competition. I mean, yeah. I do think they were kind of crap. 
because as you said, like the Game & Watch ones, the original ones were like, those were each one that I played is like a unique kind of little game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they really thought carefully about how you could get gameplay out of this very simple device. And I just don't think the Tiger stuff did that very much. Now, no, the, tiger, the Tiger stuff was like, get it in stores, right? Like, because it's weird. And granted, you know, I'm thinking back to when I was much younger, but I remember the genesis of it, like seeing someone at school with the double dragon Tiger Electronics. And mm. then it seemed like within weeks, people, kids were showing up, but everybody had a different one. You know what I mean? And so like the the span of time that I remember not realizing they were a thing to they're everywhere was extremely short. So they were also clearly very successful for a while. And Steve, yeah. like, Robbo brought it up, but you know there's a Street Fighter II Tiger Electronic game, and they actually try to do combos, well, not combos, but special moves and shit on that thing. It is bizarre. <laughs> do you remember what the price point of these were, were typically? So for some reason, I remember 15 bucks. Now, see, like that's that's where you make a sale too, right? Like, right, it's yeah, pretty affordable, right? Um, you know, I, I think at the time as well, I was only traveling once a year, pretty much with my family. We would take a big car trip to New Jersey from wherever we were living on the East Coast at that point, and I remember a, a lot of books and a lot of those kind of weird little books that had like the magic marker. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You know what I'm talking about those we did oh, yeah. a lot of those and and my parents pretty much were like you're not playing any video games on this trip, you bastard. You play them all the time, mm-hmm. you know. So so if I, I I'm pretty sure I did ask them to get me one of those LCDs, probably the Double Dragon one or the Ninja Gaiden one if I had to mm-hmm. guess, but they definitely shut that down, but I definitely played a few of them. I never played the Street Fighter one. No, that I can't was, imagine combos in that. That one, I just I watched some videos on it on my lunch break today because just to do a little research. That was past my time of getting these anymore because it did eventually mm, yeah. get to the point where I was like, kind of like Robbo. I was like, well, can I do I ask for a Tiger LCD or do I save that juice up and try to get like a bad Castlevania game on the Game Boy a few months down the road or something, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so like, but look, I have some images pulled up, and I'm telling you, the like, the the inhale I did when I saw these things again because they're seared into my brain, right? Like, I do have, that's the one I had. (laughs) Yep. Look at that thing, man. And you see how stiff-backed Billy or uh, Bimmy or Jimmy is right there? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost 
and the FDA. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, in my mind, I feel like they all had a different soundtrack, which was very, like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they were probably very similar soundtrack-wise. I don't um, think they had music other than like a kind of like jingle that maybe your like coffee maker makes right, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah. it's being a very uh it's being very generous saying that. i think it's i think it's technically not a speaker it's more of a buzzer yeah <laughs> it's like a yeah yeah um and then when they move there's this tick yep tick 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 tick, tick. and like so you mentioned like there's the brawlers, right? Which Double Dragon definitely would have gone into, as would have Ninja Gaiden, right? This one, mm -hmm. quote unquote, talks. Man, I wish I could have I, I could have remember that one because I don't, right? And then I bet you can play it with the talking. Oh, I bet. Right now. Uh, yeah. the other ones, these are ones I remember and love. Now these aren't Tiger, right? I'm pretty sure these yeah. are Kino Konami, and that's the Ninja Turtles one and two. I had these. Um, those were cool yeah because they're shaped like surfboards but yeah. i think all of their stuff because they put out like uh what else did konami put out they they had i think there was a bionic commando one maybe there was there was yeah and it also was a surfboard or i guess tombstone let's, let's say surfboard <laughs> yeah whatever some, it may be style <laughs> but the, like you know you go into the store right and for a few months you've been seeing this this is the tiger electronics format for those games it's you know mm -hmm. sort of square it's got a somewhat of a d-pad a couple buttons you know the tiny screen in the middle and then you show up to kmart and this bad boy's shitting sitting on the shelves and it's yeah. got the turtles i was like oh mm, mm, i'm gonna see if i can take this home um so yeah man i like i said you know do i think if i went on ebay and got one of these and sat down and played it i'd be like oh that's cool i'd play it once you know, and be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I guess I better find somewhere to put this on a shelf. It's now a display piece. <clears throat> yeah, um, I feel like they were frequently birthday gifts for like kids' birthdays. Like, oh, yeah. Kids invite you to like some kid you barely know and get you get because he invites the whole class and you got to mm -hmm. get him something. It's like, oh, okay, this is $15, right? It's not, I'm not cheaping out here. I'm not getting him a yo yo or something. Mm -hmm. Dude, I have this memory of a kid in our class who loved Top Gun, okay? Mm -hmm. Loved Top Gun. This motherfucker, all he'd talk about was Top Gun. This was also the same kid who would show up dripped out in Kool-Aid merchandise every day to school because his parents would cash in the Kool-Aid points on the back of the package of Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this dude would show up and like, Kool-Aid branded MC Hammer pants, and this dude constantly had a reddish orange kool-aid mustache on his lip you know what i mean like like and, and like a little technicolor hitler stash you know what i mean and this Whoa. dude would show up every day talking about top gun and fucking kool-aid so he invites our class <laughs> to pizza hut oh boy this is not one you miss you don't miss the pizza hut birthday party right no, you do no. not and the no. amount like I wish it it's pro maybe his parents filmed it with a camcorder, but this dude opened what had to be seven 
Top Gun LCD games, the same one in a row. And it's like, you know, the parents went to the store with their kids and they're like, I don't know, he likes Top Gun. Okay, let's do it. You know what I mean? And it was just one after the other after the other. And like, I remember at the time as a kid having that first circumstance where you want to laugh at something, but you know it's fucked up to start laughing and trying to stifle that. This was that moment for me. Oh, man, that is... That is brutal. That is a tale of true childhood humiliation. Oof, yeah, I, that's a tough one. I heard. Yeah, He's gonna remember like, I, that. I know exactly what it. What you mean though? Like you're watching it, and it's like, this. Okay, yeah. if this were on TV. If this were not happening to a real person, I would be laughing. Yes. Yes. Um. So you know, we we talked that there's those brawlers, there's slash beat 'em ups. Another one that was po- uh, real popular was board game or uh game show adaptation so like it's almost like the travel yahtzee you know they were like well those are popular let's try lcd game yahtzee or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be right um i remember my mom was obsessed like she got this one man the wheel of fortune and she was obsessed with that thing i just remember her (laughs) sitting in her recliner playing lcd Wheel of fortune for hours hours what felt like hours, it probably wasn't. Um, I yeah, just a quick interjection. I don't think there is a Kool Aid uh, Man LCD game. I thought we could have. Oh, I listen. It seems like there should be, right? Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, Kool Aid. You know, we're talking. You know, eighty eight, eighty nine. Kool Aid was at the top of their game, man. They were like, you guys don't have enough money for the Kool Aid license. You better they, go talk yeah. to Swamp Thing. <laughs> Wasn't there a Kool Aid video game at some point? Or am I, am I there were. There were a few. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, there was yeah. one on the Intellivision, I think. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then, you know, another obviously another genre that you would get was for, sports games, right? You would mm-hmm. definitely yeah, get sports time. games. Um. I remember playing my cousin in a Radio Shack LCD game that was football. And it was set up almost like Battleship. You know what I mean? Where like it was two screens oh. back to back, and you had your own screen, and he had his own screen on the other side. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool, and I, I'm pretty sure it was like Radio Shack branded or only sold at Radio Shack or something. Um, they did driving games. That was another big one, probably. Yeah, it's it kind of like obstacles coming towards you. So there'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, one uh, image of a car really far away and kind of tiny, and then mm-hmm. like one of intermediate distance. Mm-hmm. And then there was like, oh, shit, turn, turn, get out of the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, those weren't fun at all. <laughs> I had that kind of racing game almost out, you know, the, even on like, like Rad Racer. I kind of like, I loved it as a kid because it was like cool cars and like a, you know, a bootleg Ferrari type thing. But mm. I kind of hated the game. I just hated just cars that exist just for you to smack into them. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, can, can I make a quick aside? I'm interested to hear you guys' opinions on this. I know, Steve, you don't really fuck with a lot of racing games. But you know what Not kind of racing much. game I don't like? Checkpoint racing games. And some of the really good games. Outrun, right? Like, that's one. Mm-hmm. I. It's too much fucking... Uh, it gives me anxiety. Like I like if I'm gonna play a racing game, like let me do laps. I ain't trying to hit my checkpoint 
and get kicked out of the game because I'm two seconds too slow to get to the checkpoint, you know? Something about those I just don't vibe with. Like, you know, uh, in the Yakuza games, when you can go into the arcade, they always have outrun and they oh, always outrun, have yeah. the what's the motorcycle it's the same hang thing. on hang on hang on and i'll play those for the achievement or the completion points and then i'm done too much anxiety what do those do for you steve do you ever yeah i was i was never much a fan i would play them when i was in the arcade if i had a bunch of quarters and i was like i'm gonna go play a bunch of different games but mm-hmm. i never was able to make it past two checkpoints most of the time if i was even lucky to get the second one and then i would once you know fighting games started coming out i just forgot about racing games forever pretty much yeah what else is there to go to a arcade but but after that right like the street fighter 2 hits and then that's the reason to go to an arcade in a lot of ways um and then the other thing like and speaking of an arcade and then we'll get back to the subject the fucking dad joke that not i'm i almost guarantee both of your dads probably made the joke I, mine did multiple times i heard other kids dads make the joke You'd be playing a racing game at the arcade and you'd crash and your dad would be like, well, it's going to be a long time before you get your license, huh? Like <laughs> always. I heard that joke from my dad and so many other dads. <laughs> it's like in the pocket, like just ready to be unleashed. Um, it's one of those things that kind of scares you into thinking like maybe there is no free will after all. Maybe we're all just compelled by the stimulus presented to us. Yeah, man. Like, it's just, I am a dad, therefore I, this input comes out, you know, mm-hmm. and this joke comes out. Yep. Um, so, Robbo, you were telling me today, like, you did some research on how these things actually worked. And you yes, said, Yes, I am an idiot. No, buddy. Buddy. An <laughs> I idiot. wouldn't say that. No. Um, and you expressed to me that what you thought, how you thought they worked before was the exact same way I did. So Robbo sends yeah. me a message and he's like, hey, I did some research. It blew my mind. I always thought the liquid crystal in LCD, right, liquid crystal display, was the little characters, like the little black figures and, and everything that was on the screen. You mean to tell me that ain't true? It ain't true. What did you think, Steve? Did you think, I mean, am, am I just weird? I was like, I thought it was the black stuff that filled up the... Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I would have guessed. It's like liquid, it's like ink, right? I mm-hmm. thought it was like like magnetic ink or some something. Right. Like I don't know. I was a stupid kid, um, but I but also I was a stupid kid up until today because I didn't know. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. It was kind of one of those things where it's like pre podcast jitters. Where I'm like, I don't know whether I can talk about this topic I picked for very long. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I should learn about how these games are made because we talked about how weird it is that they that they were like that where no element on the screen could actually overlap with anything else mm-hmm. um and yeah so liquid crystal is actually not a single kind of substance it describes any substance that has the properties of both liquids and crystals which sounds really stupid but it's actually kind of important mm-hmm. at least if i understood it which i maybe didn't i I actually had to make a couple passes on this because every time I was, I was uh, thought I got, it, I was like, "Oh, wait a second, I missed something." So the liquid crystal used in in uh, calculators and Tiger handhelds and game and watches and probably Tamagotchis and stuff, it flows like a liquid, but its molecules are rod shaped, and they can they're oriented in, like these crystal like patterns. Mm-hmm. And although they, I think they occur naturally, like somebody 
discovered this, like some German dude discovered it in the 1800s by examining, I think like, like cholesteride beta or something like that. They got from carrots, uh, some, some weird cholesterol thing, vegetable mm-hmm. cholesterol, something or other. Um, but I think everything we use is synthetic now. And, um, what, what they quickly discovered about these, this liquid crystal stuff is that it would twist the polarity of light waves, which is another thing. I didn't know what that meant until today. <laughs> um, so we all like, you guys probably like, we all graduated from high school. Like we know stuff about light, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. We know yeah. that light travels in waves, right? Totally. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a sine wave. And you know, it's, it, it's that, kind of frequency and so but what i never really thought about is that um those sine waves aren't like those light waves are not like perpendicular to the ground Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're not like there's no direction to them like if you just took like a like a a loose jump rope and and tried to make a wave go travel down a long jump rope you know like you could do that in whatever direction you want and that's how light waves actually are so um what it means to reorient a light wave is it means that after like you've got, uh, for example, polarized sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Another thing I learned today (laughs) and trying to figure out what another thing I was looking up meant. Um, so what that actually does is it's like, imagine like Venetian blinds, but on a, like a really small level and it actually just blocks out light waves that aren't traveling along that horizontal Mm. uh, path. And so it has the effect of dimming things without totally like uh, graying them out. So, so is that why, like, if you caught the screen at the right angle when you're playing one of these, you could see sort of the ghost image of the other sprites that were included? Like, you, kind you know, of. they wouldn't be the active ones, but you could kind oh. of see it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, this All is, right. This is, a, this is a scientific, like, knowledge sandwich that I had to, to, to make here. Um, so what it means to, to, uh, what was that? What what did I say? What, um, twist the the polarity. Yeah. Yeah. Twist the polarity of light waves. So if you've got a light wave that passes through that horizontal filter, it's only going to be able to pass through another horizontal filter. Um, unless something twists it around and reorients it into another direction. So that's what liquid crystal does on its own, like just right out of the, the package right that's mm-hmm. what it does if you do nothing else to it it'll reorient light waves like that so you can have a horizontal filter and you can try this if you go to a walmart and find two players that pairs of polarized polarized sunglasses and i think if you put them right one in front of the other and look through it and then twist one of them at a 90 degree angle it becomes almost completely opaque and that's why because there's no light that can get through everything that goes through the first one is in one direction and everything going into the second one gets blocked unless it's up and down so, you you with me so far? Yeah, I'm already starting to lose. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, no. I, yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah. It, I appreciate that, right, buddy. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here listening, and I'm fascinated because I didn't I've realize never known how these things work. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't I, realize how like complex it is. Like that exactly, makes me yeah. hold them in a tiny bit better regard. Like there's some interesting technology behind that, right? Yeah. Like, Fairly recent too. You think it had been around for a little while longer, but it didn't really get put into consumer products until like the very early seventies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, like calculators but, had something to do with it, right? 
Yeah, no, mm-hmm. those were like the calculators and watches were the first products I believe that used it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could talk about that too, because that's kind of an interesting story. I mean, it's somewhat related. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what the liquid crystal does, as I said, is it twists those light waves. And so that can be utilized. The other thing it does is it reacts to heat and electrical currents and probably some other stuff. And that has the ability to, to uh, twist all the molecules in the kind of like almost like a magnet is like you ever see like those like all those little iron filaments or something get drawn to a magnet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Imagine all those filaments going in one direction, like diagonally or straight up and down or something. It uh, it kind of straightens them all out. And at first, like you had to get it hot and then they figured out how to do it a little bit lower temperature, lower voltage and all that, but that's, that's how, that's what it would do. And so when it does that, it doesn't twist the light beams anymore. It just lets them pass through. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's sort of where like the blinds analogy works, right? Like, right. Okay. Right. Now, I mean, not to say it lets them pass through it. It depends on the, the way you do it, what current you put through it and what direction it's going. But in LCD things, they actually uh, exist to block the light. Right. So when you, you've got to activate it with a really low current and they got, you know, very quickly, they went from just to give you an idea of like how quickly this technology developed. uh, It's like, sorry, just, I lost my notes. No, it's Um, okay. Yeah. So like to give you an idea of how quickly things developed, the, the first digital wristwatch uh, was released in 1970 and it cost two thousand one hundred dollars, which Jeez. in 1970 would be I oh, think uh, about fifteen thousand dollars today. That is the price <laughs> of like a family sedan, bro. That's that's that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's more than I paid for my brand new ass Toyota Corolla in 2005. Jesus, yeah, Christ. it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's just a luxury item. Like James Bond wore one of these, and the you know he's he's always. He, He's got all that fancy stuff because he's a killer for hire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, by the early, okay, so that, you know, that expensive in 1970, by like, let's say 1983, 1984, they were giving away digital watches and boxes of Frankenberry, okay? Right, <laughs> yeah. Stuff yeah. Dirt cheap. It's like the simplest, it's like dentist office toy box quality uh, gift right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's how quickly it, it developed. And that's why very quickly after it being created, people were doing, you know, making games with it because, oh, this is cheap. We can do this. It mm-hmm. it kind of always was that way, which is interesting. I didn't think about that either. Um, so the way it works is every kind of LCD screen, uh, it's made up of like different things. It has to have a light source at the very back. Mm-hmm. And uh, for calculators most wristwatches and these games the light source is a mirror or some kind of reflective surface and with these games there was usually something kind of printed over that like an extraneous layer to give like a background right Uh, yeah they all had a static background right so like you might progress to another level but it would still be the same static background the whole time you're playing the game and it had to be Mm -hmm. very faint or else Mm -hmm. the light wouldn't pass through it so the first the on top of the mirror, there's a, a polarized uh, a polarized filter mm-hmm. kind of sheet that's probably uh, horizontal. 
And uh, so the light passes through that and goes through the next layer, which is the liquid crystal. Doesn't do anything yet because the layer on top of the liquid crystal is uh, this kind of super thin glass or reflective surface that has uh, kind of, how do I explain it? Um, it's been printed with, I think they're literally just transparent electrodes. The patterns that you can see when you hold a, mm -hmm. a, an LCD game up to the light or a calculator and kind of tilt it. Those patterns, I think that's like a, a kind of like electrode paint, essentially, that is done in these shapes. And so each one of those electrodes can be activated separately by the computer or whatever you want to call it inside the game. And um, when it activates, it electrifies that section, which touches the liquid crystal, straightens all the molecules, blocks uh, light from getting through. Um, so straight, so yeah, it stops light waves from being able to pass through that top polarized layer. And so, you know, and because each one of those electrodes can be act activated independently, they can have, you know, things can be happening at the same time. You can have like a very simple, like, like flip book, almost not even a flip book animation, like just jerky kind of movement, but you it is movement and it works. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's kind of crazy. So that's that's why Hawes earlier when you were saying is that why you can kind of see like a shadow uh -huh, uh -huh. things. So when you when you see the shapes that are all on there, not activated, yes, that's I think the the kind of electrodes paint stuff. It's made out of some weird, probably cancerous dust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and the reason why it casts a shadow back on the back glass or whatever you want to call it is because it's actually blocking the light both directions. So it does cast a shadow. It's uh, it's not like just like a thin liquid or something. And it and that's where you get that the background shadow. It's a reflection of the activated uh, crystal screen. So I think this means <laughs> that when you're, it's also I think why when you press on a uh, a screen of a calculator, like a cheap calculator, you see even when it's like off, sort of bloom. And you right, can, yeah. because you're right. What you're doing is you're kind of twisting stuff around in there. But when that stuff is all left inactive, it's just clear. So it's all full of liquid crystal the entire time. Oh, I mean, just that doesn't that just blow your mind? This whole time, the liquid crystal was there. Uh, <laughs> so what's crazy to me, right, is like you're holding these things that you bought for like fifteen bucks, and that complicated ass process is going on to give me stilted frames of like, you know, we are harnessing the powers of nature, right? The and molecular then, structure to make double dragon LCD. And then, just a couple of decades later, they're all given anybody that lives next to a dump cancer because the fucking landfill is filled with these things, right? Like. <laughs> Like the, like when I look at them, right? Like, and see all the different ones and like, I'm seeing shit I didn't know existed. Sonic the Hedgehog mm -hmm. or X-Men or Chase OJ. That one's fake. Um, and then like <laughs> variants of ones I knew about. And yeah, it all became trash. Like, you know, 
there is something to be said for kind of about that with any kind of collection, right? Even just your standard video game collection or action figure collecting yeah. stamps or coins. Like, you know, at a certain point, you know, the um, the market for that dries up. Like, Steve, do you remember when we were sort of kids how big trains were? Do you remember the hobby of people that were way into mm-hmm. trains? My dad sure. was one of them. You can't try it. Go to local train hobby shop, Google search and see what it shows. And you won't see anything there. They just don't really exist anymore. But like these handheld LCDs, like, you know, and, and, and Robbo, you know, I'm sure knows a lot more about this than I do, but a big thing in like retro gaming is preservation, right? Making sure that mm-hmm. these things are able to be enjoyed as you know time goes on which when you're dealing with you know pcb boards and cartridges or data rot and cds like it is a legitimate concern do people actually care enough to preserve these i know there's a lot of emulators out there for them yeah i mean it seems like they do like you can find stuff on the internet archive.org mm-hmm. uh and just search for lcd games and what you know if you don't know what the archive.org is it's like the internet's clearinghouse for everything that either is not or cannot be protected by copyright. So, um, like if nobody complains about you having it and nobody will, because the tiger is, I think pretty much long gone, Mm -hmm. um, they just keep it up there. And so you can play them in your browser and they'll look, uh, they'll, they have the the sounds duplicated and everything. I don't know whether they've got everything in there. And I honestly, like this is the kind of game in order to dump the ROM. It's probably, I don't even know whether it's technically a ROM. I guess it has to be, but like they, you also have to scan like the bat glass art and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. the game is not playable without it sometimes. Yeah. It's mm. like when, when did uh, Steve, have you ever messed around with like a Vetrex or was it Coleco? Like some of those earlier video game systems had like the clear, overlays that you were supposed to put on your tv that basically kind of you know right made the game around the graphics i never i never played them but i know i kind of know what you're talking about Uh uh-huh yeah Um, that was a little before my time um i I did a little bit of reading there was a um handheld that came out in 82 by bondi that was solar powered and they had like two they were able to get two stages i guess they had like a two-sided screen or something like that so it would it allowed for a little more variation in the gameplay because it kind of progressed a little bit as it went along why that was a little more a little more rare i think yeah yeah and then like you know uh with the game and watch stuff you know they continued releasing after the tiger electronics things were a big deal but at that point game and watch was doing some weird two-player shit and uh, like double-sided screens like almost like a a, a ds right it's kind of a, mm-hmm. a precursor to a ds um mm-hmm. so like uh you know to me probably that's still where you find the most quality granted i haven't you know played um donkey kong jr or mario's C- cement factory or whatever since i was a kid but i have a feeling those probably stand up quality wise yeah yeah like uh, 
they're kind of hard to get now, but they, they are. Nintendo put out some Game Boy games uh, that were like compilations where they kind of like you could play them in like somewhat like original graphics or you could do them like update with like little, you know, Game Boy Mario sprites and stuff like that. Oh. And those are those are if you can find them like they might be kind of collector's items now, like everything else. But if you can find them, those are a good way of giving it a shot. It'll give you the experience. Yeah. And um, then it was like maybe two years ago that GameStop did like a, a run of them where they had like three or four different ones that they were putting out. Um, and it turned out like they were new. They weren't the old games. It's not like they just, you know, repackaged huh. and re-released, um, you know, versions of these games like they were originally. These were different new LCD games from what I understand. Um, you know, that's huh. definitely one of those. And GameStop, you know, definitely sort of leans into this pretty heavily. One of those nostalgia grabs, right? They're like, well, we could do a yeah. run of these. And everybody that played them will be like, oh, shit, I got to get that. And then play it once and never play it again. I right. saw I saw them selling them in Target. And one of them was like 90s ass X-Men. Like Cyclops has got the weird suspenders like the works. Oh. And it, I wonder if that was a new game because it looks like for all the world, it looks just like the crap that they were selling on the, you know, 1994 or whatever. Right. But I wonder if it's new, like why make it new? Like how good can you make it with, because one of the things that limited these games was that not just like you had a limited amount of like frames or something of animation you could create, but if you wanted to make the, 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 the electrode blobs look like recognizable characters to justify having the license, you had to make them kind of big and they took yeah. up a lot of space. And so the game is like, this is one of my least favorite genres. If you've listened to my podcast, any um, is uh, you're huge and you have to dodge stuff. Yeah. Like oh. there's some games that are just like that, which is like, you're way too big and you've got to dodge a bunch of tiny daggers and stuff. It's like it. the entire game is the feeling you get in a souls game when you're in a narrow hallway and there's enemies on either side of you. Like, um, so here, look, these are the, the new ones that they put out. Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Transformers, X-Men, and it says they also did um, Little Mermaid as well. And, yeah, these were created with the in original games in mind, but they are, they're new. It's not those... Huh like just re-release oh, previous this is games. the worst kind of collectible imagine you're the guy who committed like his life during, you committed your lockdown period to like i'm going to collect a complete set like <laughs> cds oh. and you get like almost there and then suddenly you see like what i've got to collect another like sonic game like they just made one just the it's like those those like weird retro star wars figures where they make them look like old and bad on purpose uh-huh yep um, it's like it, if you collected those that's got to be like well do I move on to these now like is it is my set complete and look at this I never realized there was a Star Wars LCD game Star Wars Imperial Whoa. Assault I would this would have gotten me to get one out of being this was 97 bro this is well <laughs> past their time 1997 so this was like sure. a this was uh, coming out around the time of the special editions. This was special edition tie-in merch. Ooh, Oof. I bet it's bad. Just feels like, attack, like an add-on. They're like, sure, why not throw in the LCD game while we're at yeah. it? Yeah. 
and Steve. We'll get we'll give you some bendems on the house. Yep, Steve, look <laughs> at this. Here's the last piece of the wake up gang um uniform for when we go compete in a fighting game tournament. Oh boy. And that watch. Is, yeah, look it's so it's a it's a <laughs> Tiger L C D game watch. So it's got a square watch face. It's, you know, the the background, the sprites. And then it's got molded plastic Blanca and Guile. Like Some, something off about the way that Blanca looks. He looks like <laughs> Blanca a, had a lot of rough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he looks like a like a, a sly little rapscallion. Like, I'm going to get you. Um, it's really based on that creepy original SNES box art. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. He, God, he looks like I'd like seared into my brain or something like he looks like he's um so you know uh, these I, I, if you had told me they were making those with any kind of frequency in 1997 i wouldn't have believed it because yeah to me it was one of those things that was super hot for a little while and then just disappeared because clearly you know like they got out of um that game uh, when it was no longer profitable, but they uh, 97 still going. What's funny to me is that these games are cruder than almost any video game in history. Like mm -hmm. uh, you can go all the way back to like the, the original, whatever Fairchild channel F or something like that, or whatever it was. And they had more going on than these, like they had different game modes for crying out loud. Yeah. These might have those too, actually, but still they had, you know, animation on the screen like an actual thing that moves to another part of the screen mm -hmm. all that stuff and yet i feel like these lcd games like if you would have asked like like the 90s equivalent of like you know your okay boomer memes and stuff right would be like just like the way that uh like a 45 year old man in the year 1991 what that guy thinks video games are is basically like this gameplay it's like a ah! Ah, yeah, ah. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> rigid, blocky movements, horrible, piercing, buzzing sound all the time. <laughs> yeah, just not you know not enjoyable to play with any frequency. And then you know I know uh, like a a problem with these because you know you I've run into these at like flea markets or uh, thrift stores or antique stores, and every time I see one. It looks like somebody ran over it four times with their car. That's how it's, scuffed yeah. up the screen is. They're really easy to scratch. Like, to be honest, probably, like, one of my strongest memories of these things is just, like, seeing them in every garage sale I went to from the years 2001 to 2006. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there would always be, like, just in a big, like, pla one of those nasty plastic bins. You know, the kinds that mm -hmm. would just cut your fingers, and you, mm -hmm. but you kept sticking your fingers through. Never learned. Mm. Um, at least I did. I was like, not, not that smart. But um, they're always just one of those bins full of these things with like their battery covers missing and like usually like there's like battery acid leakage somewhere, <laughs> corrosion damage. The like battery this, cover missing is there's definitely a dog a hair. That's yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The battery cover would get go missing, and then your mom or your dad would fashion like they would take a cardboard box, cut a little piece of cardboard out push that against the batteries and then tape it to the back. That's actually pretty clever. I think I would just put like scotch tape over. It. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, probably had on hand. Well. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, I thought we would like throw one little fun exercise related to these at the end. Okay. 
And I'm, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to spring this on you guys because I think like your first gut reaction is like what would be funny. So Steve, okay, let's say one day you got a little extra changey change in your pocket, right? You're out, just got done working. You're like, I'm going to stop at Barnes and Noble. I look like looking around at this place. I know this. I know you, Steve. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. go into like, you know, they, all the Barnes and Nobles, they're like, shit, uh, we got to sell something besides books now to stay open. You go to like the toys games area and sitting on the shelf are new Tiger Electronics <laughs> games, right? What <laughs> one game would make you spend 15 bucks knowing like I'll probably play this, t- uh, uh, you know, once, twice, maybe. But as just a, a, a tchotchke or a collectible you know, you think it would be funny or fun to have. What one game would do that for you? Um, Lost. Oh my God. Like the <laughs> show I Lost? Go, I have to go with something that's not a video game because I would just want to play that video game. Right, right. So I, I'm going to go with a property and say, yeah, the, the, a Lost game. Holy shit. Were you running from... From uh, LCD smoke monster, LCD yes. smoke monster, or polar bears and shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh, dude, if they announced that, it would like my credit card information would already be entered before I finished reading the article. <laughs> like that's the split second it would take. Like, yeah, yeah, Alexa would just let you know in the morning. By the way, I ordered this for you based on your entire life history. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> so, Robo, what would it be for you? Oh no. I feel like it would have to be something either so improbable. Like it couldn't be something that would actually have been made. If uh-huh. like you put out like I guarantee you I I feel like Avatar the movies might like travel back in time just to create one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the kind of movie it was done for. But which isn't to say like bad or good or anything. I'm just, you know, it's it's every known property every is going to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Um so that's too obvious. I would be, I guess I would just want something that's such an obviously bad idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I like this, but I don't know, like, like Nickelodeon's Doug, like what? <laughs> <laughs> so my, I have two, um, and they're both like, if I saw these, the just ridiculous of it, ness of it, like, I know within 15 minutes I'd be sitting in my car taking a picture of it in my lap to send people and be like, you'll never guess what I found. Uh, one would be Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, because who puts out Dream Warriors merch? And, like, you know, these were being made in the day where they were kind of trying not to sell that kind of stuff to kids. Kind of. Um, <laughs> and number two would be any one of the anime T-I-D-D-Y games I have in my Steam library so whether it was a Sinron Kagura or a Katagawa Jet Girls uh, uh, what's another one I got uh, I can't fuck it there's a bunch I got a bunch okay one of those games like to do that in LCD like you know you've got to animate right like right, the yeah. whole point of the game is there's so, clothes like, they blowing can't overlap. off they can't overlap so there's just going to be this huge gulf this like weird oval shaped gulf like consuming every, the, yep. the character's like shoulders and I'd have to get it. I would have to get it. I couldn't pass it up. Um, so listen, we're going to wrap up here. Um, I do want, speaking of anime TDDY games, I have one last funny Robo story to, to tell. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Now he'll get it. He'll get it. 
Um, so last Friday, not this previous, like not the one that just passed, but the one before, I get a message from Robbo on Discord that says, anime sounds pervy, right? See, he sees me active <laughs> on on Steam playing something called animes. Now, we know Robbo listens. He knows I've, you know, I've sort of come out of the closet as a fan of the occasional 20 to 30 hours spent playing an anime TDDY game. Yeah. Um, and so I, so it was so funny to me because he had the exact same thought I would have had if I was on Steam and saw one of my friends using that. And I'd be sending him a, a message like that scene in Half-Baked, like, why didn't you tell me where you were into this? We could be hanging out. Like, um, <laughs> but no, Animes is a, is a facial capture software that you can use to do like goofy little animated avatars on Twitter and, or Twitch and stuff. It was so funny though. Like, because he, and by the way, would have been even funnier if I was playing like an anime titty game and he was like, uh, Valkyrie drive bikini battle or whatever. Uh, that sure sounds pervy and I'd have to be like, and it is nice. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess it was just, I had a feeling that it couldn't be what it sounded like. Right. And it was just weird. Cause there's nothing about the words anime and maze that necessarily, Involved, but it just because it's on Steam, you're just like, I know what's on Steam. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, the other night, uh, our buddy Jeff and I were looking for a new fighting game to play. That's what got us to play Skullgirls. And I'll tell you, if you get, if you go into any, any genre on Steam and scroll down far enough, you're getting porn games. There are so many porn fighting games. So many the dark underbelly of the steam store yeah well <laughs> most of them don't run on the steam deck in my testing by the way so robo by the way <laughs> thank you for coming buddy i'm i'm always yeah, stoked man, to talk to you i feel like this was one of the most educational episodes we've had you really <laughs> so classed sorry. the join up my dude i really appreciate I'm that so sorry no, i'm i'm thanking you there's do you how do you apologize when someone's thanking you well you, like, i don't know like i i came on here to have get everybody a good time you're like that was a very educational episode thank well you, for Rob. me buddy like, like okay so if i listen to an episode of you guys' show or the retro knots right i'm always like fuck that was interesting and educational that's what i mean um okay good yeah next time we'll next time we'll have him on for like a game he hates and a game you love or something like that or we'll, both of us because yeah i'm telling you buddy only by our our powers combined like captain planet would we be able to stand up against something <laughs> Ra robo like legitimately hates yeah um so <laughs> i don't know about that oh buddy I, I and i once again this is why i like you as much as i do buddy i love a man who's got some because you're never an asshole about it like there's a difference in not, not liking something and being an asshole about it and just not liking something. Mm -hmm. So listen, when it comes to being able to hear you like or not like stuff, where can people find you? I do a lot of liking and not liking on the Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast, which you probably, you might be familiar with the website. It's kind of one of those only one of a kind uh, websites at least in the English language, um, mm -hmm. great place. And we do a show that is not quite as great, but close, <laughs> I hope. Uh, and you can find that, you know, on uh, hardcoregaming101.net. Uh, you could just like 
Google HG 101 podcast. Like we've got mm-hmm. so many names because there's I'm a, I'm an idiot who names things <laughs> really bad names on purpose. Um, and I'm not really doing the Twitter thing anymore, but I I am on the uh, is it like is it still the Blue Harvest Discord or yeah. is it like it's the, about to just become like the Hawes extended universe i guess because like it's definitely the <laughs> yeah, high potion the discord at this point it's the discord for my stream so yeah yeah it's yeah it's a good idea yeah so listen guys please check out the podcast it's amazing what i did so i'll tell you exactly like i met robbo through our buddy steel and the star wars stuff right and you know he didn't immediately come out and go i do a video game about podcasts and then when he he, he mentioned that on an episode or something i was like well i'm checking that out and the way I, what I did was I just looked at the episodes and scrolled through and I was like, oh, I like this game and, you know, pick that to listen mm-hmm. to. I recommend that for anybody. I, at one point, went all the way back and listened to every episode. At this point, I've heard them all. I'm probably maybe two behind at this point. That's um, a lot of episodes. <laughs> it is. And I enjoyed it every time. So, and yeah, yeah. if you want to hear me, you know, fumble through some Star Wars games, there's a couple episodes on the feed uh, where I do that. So please check it out, everybody. It's really good, and the theme song slaps. Like it's great. Not as good as this one, though. I I, I will I will. Uh, well, Steve doesn't do this all the time. He's in a really kick ass band that I actually listen to. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Um, That's really cool. So listen, what you guys should do: follow us on our social medias. We're at you know High Potion Pod on Twitter. I'm at Blue Harvest Pod. Steve's at Stoned Cobra. Um, leave us a review if you haven't already. We appreciate everyone that has. And come hang out on stream sometime. My goal, we're going to have Robbo on a stream at some point. I've already talked to him about it. We just got to figure out what to do. I'd love I just, for I'm him waiting to come for my out. hot tub to be delivered. I need, ah, I need that. Yeah, I a big, have that first. A big floating <laughs> pinkish purple skull. Like, yeah hanging oh, out man, in the pot so, hot tub was, that was sexy i'm sure for somebody <laughs> and everybody's typing in chat show feet um anyways guys <laughs> thank you so much for listening you know thank you again Robbo. we can't wait to have you on again it's a, a pleasure as always and we'll see you guys next week yeah thanks so much Robbo. we'll talk to you all next week